goodness, Pastor Dana. What? <laughs> what a way to start off 2020, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. Man, the joy of the Lord is in this place. Hey, grab your copy of God's Word. Go with me to Exodus chapter 14. I said it a moment ago, but I want to say it again. Happy New Year to you all. Man, I hope that the entirety of your holiday season was just an absolute blessing for you and your family. Now, we've only been in 2020 for five days now, so surely to goodness, your resolutions are still intact. But I get it. It's tough, right? I mean, these, these, these resolutions sometimes are tough. The trick is, is to not set them too high. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> kind of like the guy who decided and res- resolved that he was going to read more this year. So what did he do? He didn't go out and buy books. He turned on the subtitles to his TV. <laughs> That's how he was going to read more. And then there was this lady who was thinking about resolving to quit all of her bad habits. But then she decided against it because she remembered that people don't really like quitters. <laughs> and then there was the dude who resolved to lose 10 pounds. And just a week into it, he only liked 15 pounds to go. <laughs> that might have been me right there. That one might have been me, okay? So, you know, God, God, God's grace is in this. Just think about this for just a moment. Time is linear, isn't it? Right? It, 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 we never go back to the same place again in time. But God has created the world in such a way that, that the planet Earth, which is the focal point of life in the entire universe, rotates around the sun every 365 days, and it feels like a new beginning, right? It feels like it's a chance to try again, a chance to set some goals and to better ourselves, a chance to do something big. That's true for individuals, and that's true for churches, all right? Eastwood, I want to express to you this morning, and I cannot express to you strongly enough how big 2020 is going to be for the life of this church. Guys, it's going to be huge. Listen, it's not only the start of a new decade, but do you realize that 2020 is going to be the year that we're going to call a new lead pastor of Eastwood Baptist Church for the first time in like 15 years, like a decade and a half. Now, the truth of the matter is that while we've been looking for a new lead pastor, we have not been pastorless at Eastwood, right? I mean, think about that for a moment, right? We have an entire team of pastors, God-called, gifted, godly, faithful pastors tending the flock. Pastor Greg, Pastor Ed, Pastor Dana, Pastor Justin, Pastor Will, and Pastor Ben. And of course, our interim lead pastor, Rick. And praise the Lord for every single one of them. But here in 2020, it's going to be the year that we call a new lead pastor. Guys, think about that. Talk about a time of excitement. Talk about a time of new energy, an injection of fresh leadership. Talk about a time of dreaming. And Lord willing, a chance of celebrating, an an opportunity to celebrate and, and to just see God do great things amongst us and through us. So as we dream about that, hear me clearly though, that it's not all dependent, seeing that come to fruition, upon our new lead pastor, right? Right, it's dependent upon the Lord, but it's also dependent upon every single one of us. Every single one of us. As as I've been thinking and praying about a resolution, if you will, 
for Eastwood, the people of Eastwood in 2020, these two words keep coming to my spirit, keep coming to my mind, and it's these two very simple words. Go forward. Go forward, Eastwood. And here's why. God could send us the greatest leader in our new lead pastor, but leadership is nothing without followership. Let me say that again. Leadership is nothing without followership. And I believe that we are on the precipice of seeing God begin to do some amazing stuff here in 2020. Do y'all believe that? Amen. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. If you want to see God do some amazing things in 2020 here at Eastwood, here at your church, you got to be ready and you got to be willing to go forward. Here's today's, here, here's today's takeaway, what I want you to take away primarily from this message. Every Christian and Eastwood as a whole must go forward in 2020 so that we will see the glory of God and engage the mission of God right here in Bowling Green. Go forward so we see the glory of God and engage the mission of God right here in Bowling Green. Listen, Eastwood has been known for many years now as a church that goes to the nations. But we must not forget, I believe 2020 is the year, y'all, where we finally awaken as a church to the reality that God has placed us here in Bowling Green first, right? That we are to be a church without walls. Yeah, we're going to go to the nations, but we're also going to go to our neighbors. Amen? Amen. I, I think that's what God wants to do. I think that's what God desires for us to do. And if we will go forward, we're going to see the glory of God. And I believe that we will engage the mission of God right here in Bowling Green. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I just lift up my heart and the hearts of every person in this congregation this morning. And I join with our brothers and sisters in the 930 service here at the East Campus and the 1030 service at our South Campus. Father, we want to see you do amazing things. So God, help us to get a vision this morning of how that's going to come about and the role that we play in that. And Father, again, I pray if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who has never turned and trusted Christ, we pray that today through the preaching of your word, that you would hear the Holy Spirit, that they would hear the Holy Spirit and they would be saved. God, speak to us. Today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Exodus 14, where I asked you to turn to just a moment ago, Israel was also on the precipice of seeing God do something absolutely amazing. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that God had already done a ton, right? A boatload of amazing things leading up to Exodus 14 here, right? He had done all sorts of things, but here in Exodus 14, he's about to do it again. Something really, really, really big. But it required one thing. And you're going to see it in the text here in just a little bit. It required one thing, that the Israelites go forward. As we turn and look at this text, there are five things about going forward that I believe you and I can learn from their situation first. Guys, as we think about going forward here in 2020, it's important first to realize that sometimes God calls us to a season of waiting before going forward. Now that may seem contradictory to my main point. Preacher, you just said you're calling us to go forward. You believe God is calling us to go forward. And here now you're telling me that there's a season sometimes where God calls us to wait? Look at Exodus 14 with me, verses 1 through 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahirath, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea, for Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they're wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he'll pursue them. And I'll get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Guys, at this point, Israel is rolling up out of Egypt. (laughs) They are busting the doors down to get out, right? They're ready to get out of captivity. They had lived there for 430 years and eventually had become slaves. And that slavery increased to wretched slavery, awful slavery, such that they cried out to God to rescue them. And after all the plagues, especially the 10th plague, which was the death of all the firstborn children and livestock, Egypt and Pharaoh finally sent them out with haste. Y'all get out of here. Go before we're all dead. And Israel gladly left with haste. They were ready to flee. But here's the interesting thing. I mean, if you can just picture a map for a moment. God didn't take them along the most logical, fastest route between Egypt and the promised land. Right? If you just get in your mind's eye, right, the promised land was straight east. But instead of going straight east along a very well-established road system, something like, if you can just picture Lexington, uh, Louisville and Lexington, right? I-64 between those two, right? Maybe something like that, 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 they just, that God just didn't take them that way. God took them instead southeast. So again, if you can picture in your mind, it's sort of like leaving Louisville to go to Lexington, ignoring I-64 and taking the back roads all the way down to Jamestown and crossing over the Cumberland Lake to get up to Lexington. Man, it was way out of the way. God did not take them the most logical route, the fastest route. He was taking them around by the way of the wilderness, the Bible says, down toward the Red Sea. Now, many of y'all from your own life, right, you can amen the fact because you've experienced it. God does not always take us the most logical route or the fastest route to get us from point A to point B, right? Amen? You've been there? Right? Is that your testimony? Right, that's what God does oftentimes, right? And he's doing it here in the life of Israel as well, right? He's taking them around by the way of the wilderness uh, uh, down toward the Red Sea. And this is a great reminder here that God's ways are not our ways. But nevertheless, Israel is rolling out of Egypt. And after camping a couple of times on the way out of Egypt, God began to go before them, leading them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. They were traveling at this point night and day. They were making great time, putting a lot of distance between them and their captors. And they were about to go north of the Red Sea and enter into the wilderness out of Egypt. But then God basically says, Moses, change direction. Moses, go south and stop. (laughs) Stop. And I know Moses is like, wait, what? What? I thought we were trying to get out of Egypt. And God said, yeah. He basically said, yeah, I need you to head south and set up camp on the banks of the Red Sea and hold up and wait for a while before you go forward. You see, sometimes God calls us to a season of waiting before going forward. Y'all, and that's what Eastwood has been in now for several months. 
And maybe some of you as individuals here this morning, right? You are in a season of waiting. You're in waiting mode, and it's waiting and waiting and more waiting. Like old Tom Petty said, right? The waiting is the hardest part, right? We as human beings, especially Americans, we don't like to wait. A few years back to just illustrate this, the airport in Houston, they were getting all sorts of complaints, man, just filled with complaint, complaint after complaint after complaint, because the baggage was taking so long to get from the plane to the baggage claim. And so the executives and all the smart people there at the airport put their heads together and got out their calculators and charts and all this other stuff. And they decided that they could come up with a system that would get that time down from plane to baggage claim to only be eight minutes. Right? It was an industry-leading time. Right? It's just a, fasc- a fascinating, fantastic time. But you know what happened? The complaints didn't stop. They got faster with the luggage, but the complaints didn't stop. And so they went back to the drawing board. They began to watch. They began to observe. You know, they found out. While they got the baggage down to eight minutes, only eight minutes from plane to baggage claim, it took the people from the gate to baggage claim only one minute. Just one minute. And so that meant there were seven minutes. There were seven minutes that the people had to wait. Seven minutes. That's how we are, right? That's how we are. And so they again put their heads together. And they said, all right, well, we can't get that baggage stuff any faster. We're going to have to make them slower. (laughs) And so they actually took the gate. They started bringing in the planes at a gate further away from the baggage claim. So it took them eight minutes to get from the plane to their luggage. And so when they arrived, their luggage was right there waiting for them. And that story, guys, it really illustrates something about human psychology. It's not about the time that we spend doing something. It's what we're doing during that time. We don't like to stand around and wait. But sometimes God calls us to a season of waiting before going forward. And beloved, we have to realize that God has a reason for this. God always has a purpose in our waiting. In the situation of the Egyptians, we see that God, he tells us the reason for the waiting is that he's about to get glory over Pharaoh and all of his armies. But the people had to wait to see it. And I say the same thing to the people of Eastwood as a group, as we're in that season of waiting. And for you as individuals who are right now in a season of waiting, God has a purpose for your waiting. Don't waste your waiting. And God is going to get glory through it. God told Moses in verse 4 that he wanted to make sure that the people knew that he was the one true God. And so in your waiting, be still and know that he is God. Trust God in your waiting. Second, as we think about going forward in 2020... We see here in Exodus 14 that you and I shouldn't be surprised when God applies pressure during the season of waiting. You're like, well, I mean, God, you already called us to wait. That's pressure enough, isn't it? And God's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm about to turn up the heat, right? That's exactly what happened here. God told Moses in verse 4 that he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart again toward Israel so that he would pursue them. I'm sure Moses was like, really, God? <laughs> You want Pharaoh to come after us? We just got rid of him. But that's just what God did. Look at verses 5 through 9. Exodus 14, 5 through 9. 
When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants were changed toward the people, and they said, What is this we've done, that we've let, the, that we've let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him, and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamped at the sea by Pi-Hahirath in front of Baal-Zephon. You see, guys, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he decided to pursue Israel. And he wasn't messing around. Pharaoh was not messing around, right? He took his entire army, including all of his special forces, right? He took the Navy SEALs with him, basically, right? He, he took his special forces with him, and he personally got in his chariot. And led them out after Israel. You have to understand when you think about this army of Egypt. Guys, this was the world military power at this time. You talk about turning up pressure on Israel. And as you think about Eastwood, there have certainly been pressures that we have seen turned up here at Eastwood. Several. Just think about this. I mean, 2019 was a tough year in this regard. Several dear and faithful saints passed away in 2019. Yeah, man, they gained heaven, but we miss them, right? They're no longer here with us to encourage us and to help us along. We've also seen some folks transition out of Eastwood in the season of waiting, right? They, they just couldn't handle the waiting. East Campus worship has declined by 3% in 2019. Pressure being turned up. We're a church that's behind budget by like $140,000 or something like that, which is like 5% of our annual budget. Guys, I'm just being real with y'all here. I'm just being real with y'all. The pressure has been turned up. But beloved, hear me loud and clear, louder and clearer than what I just said. God is about to do something glorious. Now you said a moment ago you believed it. Do you really believe it? God's about to do something glorious. And we're merely, we're merely just jars of clay, right, that can't take all that pressure in and of ourselves when it gets turned up. But beloved, God's glory's in this. God's glory's in this. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 is our cheer, right? It's our hope, our stance here. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Eastwood, yeah, we're waiting. And yeah, the pressure has been turned up. The pressure has been applied, but we will not despair because God is with us. And because God is about to do something glorious as we go forward. Don't be surprised when that pressure gets turned up. But also, don't you dare despair. Third, as we think about going forward in 2020, we see here in Exodus 14 that we must, must, must reject the enemies of going forward. 
Do you think, even for a moment here this morning, that the devil wants us to go forward? <laughs> no way. And do you think, I mean, I know we're in church, so we're going to get to the church after, yeah, I want to go forward. And then our flesh says, eh. <laughs> our sinful flesh is so apathetic sometimes. Israel couldn't see a way forward here. They, they thought they were going forward to the promised land, but they got stuck. And as they were between a rock and a hard place, between Pharaoh and the Red Sea, they could not see a way forward. All they could see was the, Pharaoh's army bearing down on them. Look at verses 10 through 12. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better uh, for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Man, they started freaking out. Started freaking out. And immediately, enemies of going forward began to creep up. Now for them, as we look at the text here, there was primarily two, primarily two enemies that began to f- kind of rise up in them. The enemy of fear and the enemy of cherishing a rosy recollection of the past. In other words, you see it in the text, we're going to die! <laughs> and also, Moses, we told you to leave us alone and let us just be slaves in Egypt. It wasn't that bad. Guys, fear was certainly be an enemy of Eastwood as we try to go forward in 2020. There's going to be change, guys. There has to be change, right? We cannot continue to do the same thing and expect different results. And it's going to be scary. Doing some things in ways we've never done them before. Or at least in ways we've not done them in a long time. Or whatever ends up happening, right? Or letting go of aspects of ministries that we love, but will no longer carry our mission forward. Will no longer serve our mission Going forward, fear often paralyzes us, right? Fear of the unknown, fear of the opposition. Now, I assure you, if this church will go forward in 2020, it will not be Pharaoh coming after us. It will not be an enemy outside of us. It will likely be people in our own church coming after us because of fear of change and fear of loss. We've got to reject the enemy of fear. Not only the enemy of fear, but it's also very likely that the enemy of cherishing a rosy recollection of the past will rise up. All of a sudden, to some of us, the past is going to look so rosy. It's going to look so good to us. If we could just go back to the way we used to do things, everything would be just fine. Did you know that cherishing a rosy recollection of the past is actually a documented psychological phenomenon. Psychologists call it rosy retrospection. You see, we tend to remember things as better than they actually were, especially when we're facing crisis of change. All of a sudden, when that crisis of change comes up in front of us, we begin to pine for the good old days. And we forget, right? We gloss over the fact that the good old days, they weren't as good as we remember. Plus, y'all, remember this. 
You cannot put new wine in old wineskins. It's ineffective. It's disastrous. Now we must never, hear me clearly on this, we must never abandon the faith once for all delivered to the saints, right? We must never jettison the Bible and the truth of God's word. We stand on the foundation of Christ and the apostles and the prophets. We will never jettison that. But we must reject the enemy of cherishing a rosy recollection of the past. Another enemy that very well may rise up is the enemy of comfort and protecting status quo. You may hear something like this in 2020. Let's just keep doing things the way we've been doing them. And to be honest, I'm just going to be straight up with you. That's what we've been facing for the past two years. Right? In 2017, God led us to develop this unique mission, this unique vision for Eastwood. And in 2018, we rolled it out to the church. The church received it really well, was really excited about it. But for the rest of 2018, status quo was protected. And then we moved into a season of waiting here in the interim. Now, as we come into 2020 and call our new lead pastor, let me just say to you, status quo will no longer do Eastwood. We must go forward. Listen, going forward is going to get us out of our comfort zone. It's going to set us out doing things that will feel awkward at first. Let me ask you a question. Did you know, or do you know, within a three-mile radius from where you're sitting right now, within a three-mile radius of this campus, do you know how many unchurched and unreached people there are? I don't know the exact number, but here's the number I do know. Within a three-mile radius from this church, there are 50,000 people. 50,000 people. And the majority of them are Christless and churchless. They are Christless and churchless. You want to know who they are? Just look across the parking lot when you go out these doors to get in your car. Right, just look as you drive down the road, turn your head to the right or the left, and as you pass by houses on your way home, you're going to see a great representation of them on your way home. And why are we not reaching them? And the answer is because we're not even trying to reach them. We're not even trying. Guys, we've got to reject the enemy of comfort and protecting status quo. Another enemy going forward that that undoubtedly, guys, this is going to rise up, is the enemy of sideways energy. Sideways energy, it's a leadership term that that means doing things that don't really carry forward our mission. They may be good things, but they keep zapping our focus. They keep zapping our energy. They keep zapping our resources, both financially and human resources, toward reaching our vision. It's like it's like trying to run a race in a zigzag fashion, right? You can't do it. Right? You're not going to win. Beloved, there are things at Eastwood, some of them very good things, done very well, but they are sideways energy. And we must reject that enemy, guys, if we're ever going to go forward like the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Right? He said, let us lay aside every weight, And sin which clings so closely, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Eastwood, if we're going to go forward in 2020, we must lay aside sideways energy and reject all of the enemies of going forward. Fourth, as we think about going forward here in 2020, we see in Exodus 14 that when your leadership says it's time to go forward, go forward. Go forward. There was Israel. Pharaoh and his ferocious army, man, they're bearing down in front of them. The Red Sea's behind them. But look at what God said to Moses in Exodus 14, verse 15 and 16 there. Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. That the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry land. And then skip down to verse 21, 22. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind. All night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Now if you know anything about the Bible and you know about the history of Israel, you know that they were oftentimes a stubborn and stiff-necked people. They were an obstinate people. But in this moment, when Moses, their leader, said, Go forward. They went forward. They didn't question. They didn't hesitate. They didn't dawdle. God parted the Red Sea and they went forward. Eastwood, as we come into 2020, preparing to call a new lead pastor, that's what we need to do. You have prayed for God to send us a lead leader. And I believe that God is going to do that this year, right? I believe he's going to send us that man this year. And when he comes in and he develops a plan and a strategy along with the other leaders of this church, you must be ready when your leadership calls you to go forward to go forward. Trust that God has called that man here for that purpose and that he is being led by God to take this church, God's church, forward where God Wants it to be. And finally this morning, as we think about going forward here in 2020, we see here in Exodus 14 that we should go forward and behold the astounding things that God will do. God had already done some pretty amazing things in this generation of Israel. Can you imagine how amazing it must have been To see God hold off Pharaoh's mighty army for a moment by manifesting himself between them and the encampment of Israel? I mean, can you imagine how marvelous it must have been to see Moses stretch out his hand over the sea and to see God miraculously blow an east wind so strong that it parted the Red Sea and dried the seabed so that Israel could walk across to the other side safely on dry land? Can you imagine how jaw-dropping it must have been to see God then allow Pharaoh's army to pursue Israel into the Red Sea 
and to see it collapse up on them, drowning them all. Look at what we read in verses 23 through 28. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them. In the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looking, looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us Flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. Right? Moses, who had stretched out his hand, and God part of the sea when Moses stretched out his hand again it imploded in drowning all the Egyptians look what it says here the waters returned verse 28 and covered the chariots and the horsemen all of the host of Pharaoh that followed them into the sea not one of them remained guys God did some astounding things right here but Israel would have seen none of it if they had not went forward, if they had not went forward. Eastwood, if you'll go forward, I believe that you and I will behold many astounding things that God's going to do. So I want to give you just a chance for a moment. Right? It's, it's the first of the new year. I want to give you a chance to begin to dream for just a moment. I want to give you a chance to dream for just a moment. I want to challenge you to think of five things. First, I want you to think of three things, three astounding things that you would like to see God do in and through Eastwood in 2020. Just begin to write that down. Think about that. You may not get your all three. You may want to think about it more this afternoon. And you may want to continue to use those as prayer points for you here in this new year. So three things that you would like to see God do that's just astounding, it's amazing, that you would like to see God do in Eastwood and through Eastwood. Secondly, I want you to think about your own life for a moment. I want you to write down, think about two things that you would like to see God do in your own personal life here in 2020. God is a God of the amazing. You cannot outdream God. Write those things down that you would like to see God do in your life, in your personal life. And maybe those connected to you in your family or something like that. Write those down. Begin to think about those. Begin to pray about those. Do you believe that God can do those things? Do you? Then you got to go forward. You must go forward with God. Every Christian, this is, today, this is today's takeaway, going back to it. Every Christian and Eastwood as a whole must go forward in 2020 so that we will see the glory of God and engage the mission of God right here in Bowling Green. Now, as I'm calling people to go forward with God, I would be remiss if I did not address those of you who are here this morning 
and you're not walking with God at all. You have never turned from your sins, and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are maybe running from God. Maybe you're not running, but you're walking from God. I don't know what speed you are flying away from God, but you're not with God. And the Bible says that soon and very soon, you will stand and give an account before God for what you've done with your life. Your sins will condemn you to hell forevermore. But we know the good news of Jesus, that he sent his son, Jesus, to live, to die, to rise again, that you would be forgiven of those sins. And this very morning, God is inviting you to stop walking away from God but to turn and come with us who are with God as we go forward with God. So I invite you this morning, if that's you, call out to God this very moment. Call out to God this very moment. You don't need me to lead you in a prayer of salvation. No way, man. You don't need me to do that because if God is calling you, your heart will not be, there's nothing I can do to stop you from crying out to God to save you. If God is calling you to himself this morning, turn and trust in Christ. Cry out to him. Confess you're a sinner and ask him to forgive you and make Christ your Savior and Lord this very morning. And then join us as we go forward with God. Here's my final prayer this morning. As we wrap up this message, may this year, Be an amazing year for Eastwood as we go forward with God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for a chance to stand and preach your word this morning, God. And I ask that you would bless, God, that you would bless. God, I pray that nobody says, oh, my goodness, he stepped on my toes. God, because if I stepped on toes, I missed I was aiming for their hearts. And so, God, I pray that you would be with us this morning, that all around this room, that people would begin to deal with you, that your Holy Spirit would come in and convict and call and draw and do all the things that only your Holy Spirit can do. For the one that's apart from Christ, God, would your Holy Spirit, I pray, call them today to come to Christ and they would gladly come to Christ and receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And for those of us who are already in Christ, already walking with Christ, God, I pray with all my might that in 2020, we will go forward with you. Father, I want to pray right now. I want to take a moment and pray for the man that will soon, we hope, be called to Eastwood as the lead pastor. I pray that you are preparing his heart, giving him a vision, everything that he needs, God, to wrap up where he currently is and to make the transition over here. God, we pray for the search committee. I know they're not anywhere near that candidate yet. But God, I pray for them that you give them wisdom, you give them insight, that you would help them to see clearly who it is that God has put and will put in this place.